0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports, your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. That's right, folks, we are back. Nick McVicker holding down the fort for you this week. Kyle, Irfan, both unavailable. But don't worry, we weren't going to leave you hanging. So you're stuck with me. And it's going to be a different type of show today. Normally, we talk a bunch of sports. Normally, we cover a ton of topics. But today feels different. Today, it is a very tough day for Toronto sports fans. Raptors... Went out in the first round of the 76ers. TFC not doing too hot themselves. The Blue Jays can't hit with the runner in scoring position to save their lives. And of course, the Maple Leafs last night, unable to get past the first round once again. So instead of talking about the topics that are happening in sport, we're going to do one thing and one thing only. Time for the Toronto Fans Therapy Session, folks. Going to be fun. We're gonna to try to keep it light. We're gonna to try to give you optimism for what has happened over the last little bit. We're gonna start the most recent one. Toronto Maple Leafs once again out in the first round. Five straight years going to a game deciding series. So how are we feeling? Well, disappointed. Disappointed is a good word. I get it. I totally understand. This is a disappointing feeling after getting so close. Maybe a little angry. You might be a little angry. And I understand that as well. It's been 18 years since this team has made it past the first round. 18 years. That is somebody who is legal to vote years old. Maybe you're just sad. Okay to be sad. This team. This team got the hopes up. There's no doubt about it. And I understand all of those emotions. You have to. If we didn't, we wouldn't be human. But. Why are we feeling that way? It gave us so much hope. Gave us every possible opportunity to cheer for them. Record-setting year in points? Check. Austin Matthews breaks the team record for goals? Check. All-star goaltender in Jack Campbell? Check. Defense core looking really, really good heading into the playoffs. bolstered by Labushkin. Dano. Check. Everything looked good. And then you come up against the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions for everything that you did in the regular season. That's what got us. I know that. I get it. I watched all of the Leaf games this year. Part of my job, but still, I watched all of the Leaf games this year. This team felt different. It did felt different and I was talking to a a buddy of mine you guys know him from 20 minutes on ice Ryan and he said this one hurts more I, I, I didn't really understand that until he explained it to me and what he said kind of opened my eyes he said this one's the toughest to take when the Leafs needed a hero no one could get it done Then he said Gilmore got it done, and Sundin got it done. And it's true. It's true. When this team needed a hero, they didn't get it done. And who did we lose to? Nick Paul. That's the name we all had circled on the Lightning roster that was going to screw us. Nick Paul. I got two goals last night. Two. The Lightning got two goals last night. If Nick Paul is the reason that you are not winning a game, that's very disappointing. And very understanding why everyone's mad. Now give credit to the Lightning. They played a great third period. What they what did they do? They stuffed up the slot, and every single shot was blocked, it felt like. I know that's not true, because the Leafs had 14 shots about ten minutes into the period. But it felt like every single shot coming down the stretch was blocked by somebody. Whether it was the Leafs player skating across the front of the net or it was a Lightning player standing there trying to block it. Somebody was blocking the shot. It's unfortunate. you got to give credit to the Lightning. They're the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions for a reason. And that's why, for me, this year feels different. We did not collapse in Montreal like last year. Montreal was the lowest-seeded team in the playoffs next to Chicago, I believe. Lost. to them. Not okay. Not okay. Not, not acceptable. That, that cannot happen for a Maple Leafs team that was supposed to be a very top team. But push that aside. The year before, Columbus. We collapsed. We got goalied a little bit, but we collapsed. I shouldn't say we, because I'm not on the team. They collapsed. And I don't want to bring up the Boston Game 7s. But we're just going to let those ones go. This felt different. The majority of this series, the Leafs outplayed Tampa. Outside of Game 2, and maybe the first period of Game 3, the Leafs outplayed Tampa. Until Game 7. And then it was an even game. Look at the stats. Vasilevsky played his best game of the series, and Tampa played a beautifully defended Game 7. So yes, this feels different. It feels different. This team is that much closer to figuring it out. But they haven't figured it out yet, so I can keep saying that. We can all keep saying that. That they are that much closer to figuring it out. But they haven't figured it out yet. And that's where the problem lies. But I want to know, tell me in the chat, folks, does this feel different? Are we looking at a different scenario heading into next year than we have in the past? Does this Leafs team make you any more positive that they will figure it out next year? Because as I said, they had the goaltending. Jack Campbell played fantastic in the postseason. Fantastic. Fantastic. He probably out-dueled Andre Vasilevsky. Which you don't hear that very often. Andre Vasilevsky had an 8.97 save percentage in the first round. Jack Campbell had an 8.97 save percentage. But what if we take away last night's game? Well, then the story's a little bit different. Jack Campbell, 893. Not great. Andre Vasilevsky, 885. Jack Campbell, one shutout. Andre Vasilevsky, zero. I'm looking at that. 3-3 the series was at that point. I'm saying Jack Campbell has been the better goaltender at that point. And I don't think he, he was definitely not the reason the Leafs lost last night. He wasn't. He played a great game. They couldn't get a goal. They couldn't do it. And it's unfortunate because this is a good team. There's no doubt about it. They set, as we said, they set records. They set records. But when a team gets 26 block shots, you're not getting many goals at that point. 26 block shots. Every single defender that played in that third period consistently had more than two block shots. Chernak and Zach Bogosian didn't have a single block shot, which is a shock. So the question is, where do they go now? What do you do to this team? How do you change this team to move forward and get better next year? You're losing Mikaia. You have Daniels' contract is done. What do you do? Well, in my opinion, you're not selling the house. You're not going and getting rid of the core. Matthews will be here next year. Marner will be here next year. Tavares will be here next year. You need more from Tavares outside of games five and six. You need more from him, by the way. Do they move William Nylander? Potentially, it opens up 6.9, million, basically $7 million in cap space. I could see them trying to do that. How cheap of a contract are you going to Andre Kasha or Pierre Engvall on? They were at 1.25. Can you get them back? They're both RFAs. That helps. Does Jason Spezza come back? Are you going to be able to re-sign Colin Blackwell? On the defensive end, as I said, Giordano's contract is up. Does he take a hometown discount? Take, stick around. I'm not sure. The other one, Helio Labushkin, also's contract is up. But so is Rasmus Sandin and Timothy Wilgren. So where do they play into your future plans? not forget goaltending. Jack Campbell's contract is up. So how do you retool this team? Without blowing it up, because I don't think this team needs a blow up. They don't. They just lost in game seven by one goal to the two time defending Stanley Cup champion. I'm gonna keep repeating that. Do you know how hard it is to win two Stanley Cups? Do you know what Tampa has been through to do that? And everyone's so upset, oh the Leafs lost in the first round. They lost to the two time defending Stanley Cup champions. They didn't lose to Montreal or Columbus. Or whoever you want to throw in there from years past. That's not who they lost to. They lost to Tampa Bay. Who, by the way, is probably now the favorite to win the Eastern Conference. By most analysts' predictions. Whoever won this Game 7 was the favorite now to come out of the East and go to the Stanley Cup. So you're telling me that this is a bad situation? No. No. God, no. God, no. This team is in a good spot. By that estimation, from what the analysts have been saying, and this is not one analyst or two analysts, this is everyone I've heard all week on sports radio, on TV. Whoever comes out of this matchup is now the favorite to win the East. That means that whoever wins this, whoever loses this matchup was also a favorite to win we means you were the top two teams by most people's estimation in the Eastern Conference. You're a top two team in the Eastern Conference and people want to blow it up? No. Maybe you need to retool. I'm not saying no retool. Because there's a very good reason to retool. Because you haven't got there. So you need someone who's going to help you get there. And maybe that means you do have to move a William Nylander. I get it. I understand. But those people who are now saying, oh, Keith is gone. Oh, Dubas needs to go. Take your head. Rethink about it. Give it some time. And then look at this roster again and tell me that they need to blow everything up and get rid of everybody. Because that doesn't make sense. That's not what this team needs. Do they need some other pieces? Sure. But let's say they had one game seven. Would you blow it up then? No. Even if they lost in the second round, I guarantee people wouldn't have said blow it up and said, "Hell, these guys got it. We're that close. So why, after losing Game 7 to the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, by one goal, are we now going to blow it up? Explain that to me. Somebody, anybody. I'm all ears. And I like listening to these. So please, if you believe that, Tweet at me, at Nick McVicker. Let me know. I want to know. I want to hear what you have to say. But I don't think blowing it up is the answer. Do they need to re-sign Jack Campbell? Absolutely. Do they need to move Peter Morazic? Absolutely. But don't blow it up. Don't move big pieces. EJ Brody needs to stay. You're not going to move TJ Brody. Do you move Justin Hole to free up $2 million? Maybe. But that's if you are going to get something back that you are really sure is going to help the team. William Nylander, do you move him? If you think whatever you're getting back is going to help the team, yes. But you don't move him just for the sake of moving him just because you think that you need to. That's silly. That is silliness. This team was that close to beating this two-time defending Stanley Cup champion. Two times. They were one goal away. One. And we could talk about the goal. Do you want to talk about the interference call? Because technically, yes, by the rules of the rule book, that is a penalty. But do we see it called all the time? No. I actually don't think it should have been called then. I'm someone who's a stickler for the rules. I don't think that should be called. Because Justin Hall stopped well before the guy made contact. He was trying to avoid it. You could see he was turning after he stopped. But it's called. It happens. You move on. We can make as many excuses as we want. But it happened. They lost. It's about where they go from here. And I think this team has a very good core. So do not blow it up. We should be okay, folks. We're going to take a deep breath. We're going to reevaluate in a week or two. We're gonna reevaluate in two months just before training camp, and they will find ways to make this team better without blowing it up. My take, tell me yours, I want to hear them. But this team is close. They do not need to blow it up. Another team that lost in the first round the Raptors. But it's a very different feeling in this in the city for these two teams. Very different. The Leafs are out in the first round, and the sky is falling. People are fighting in the arena with other Leaf fans. By the way, that made no sense. Did you see that video? That made no sense. The Raptors, on the other hand, I would argue that they may have overachieved this year for what we expected. This team we were saying was going to be fighting maybe for the 7th playoff spot, but more realistically, fighting for a play-in spot. Fighting for. And they finished well above what we expected. Did it help that Scotty Barnes surprised everybody? Absolutely. No doubt about it in my mind. For a team that had the fourth overall pick last year, where they selected said Scotty Barnes to finish fifth in the Eastern Conference, a very tough Eastern Conference, by the way, where the super team that is the Brooklyn Nets finished seventh, where the incumbent number one for two or three months, the Chicago Bulls, ended up finishing sixth, the Toronto Raptors finished fifth. And barring injuries in the playoffs, and injuries down the stretch probably could have finished fourth, and potentially could have made Philly's life a lot harder in the first round. But they lose in six. That's okay, because they overachieved for what we thought they were going to this year. So where do we go from here? This is the question we're gonna we're gonna keep asking it. What positives do you take from this year? Well, Pascal Siakam took a whole nother leap. In his development. And he became a legitimate number one on this team. Okay, That's a positive. I like that one. What about Fred Van Vliet? Mr. Bet on yourself. Well. He's now. Mr. All-Star. He looked great. He looked tired at the end of the year. And that's an issue that they need to figure out. Because they don't really have a backup point guard. I love when Malachi Flynn plays at the top of his game, but that's not usually how he plays. So is he the answer? And if he is, that's fine, but you got to get him to that point where he's playing at the top of his game consistently. Because Freddie can't play 46 minutes a game. It's just not going to happen, folks. As much as we want it to, it is not going to happen. So we need to reevaluate. But Freddie took a huge step. He became the true leader of this team. It was his team from day one this year. wasn't Kyle, no, none of that. His team from day one, and he showed it, and he looked really good. OG, in and out of the lineup with injuries, but guess what? When he was in the lineup, he was an elite defender. Locked up some of the best players in the league, and his three-point shooting was very good. So, check there. Another positive. Barry Trent took a huge step forward. Might not be a starter on this team just based on position need. But this guy was incredible this year. It was so much fun to watch him take that next step because everyone was all worried, oh, are we giving up a huge piece in Norm Powell? And we did. Norm was a great piece for this team. What we got back is a younger version of Powell who can shoot a little bit better and he went off for multiple career highs. Just kept breaking his own career high. Another positive. Nick Nurse figured out how to coach this roster, for the most part. Yeah, he's the best coach in the NBA when he decides that he wants to tinker with lineups. He almost out-coached Doc Rivers in the first round, where Philly was the better team. They were. Fine. Frustrating, but it's fine. Billy had the better roster, and yet Nick Nurse almost got his team to a game six or game seven. I apologize. That's coaching. Coaching. And of course, the rookie. I already talked about him, Dottie Barnes. Could this guy be the saving grace for this team? In his first year, he wins rookie of the year. Hasn't happened here in a while. His defense has been incredible. That's where he was supposed to be good. We knew that. That's where he was supposed to be good. And now we're looking at it and we're just saying, okay. How do we get him to be that much better? Well, we help him with his offense. He averaged 15.3 points a game. From a defensive player, 15.3 points a game as a rookie is fantastic. He shot 49% from the field. The only player to play consistently for this team that had a higher Field goal percentage was Pascal Siakam at 49.4. How about threes? He he shot 30% from three-point land. 30%. And he was a 73.5% free-throw shooter. Those are all very, very good numbers. Oh yeah, let's not forget, he... 7.5 rebounds a game 3.5 assists and had over a 1 steal a game and all that while avoiding taking fouls he had 2.6 fouls per game the only one of the big 5 that had less was Gary Trent Jr. That's right, Raptor fans. This is a very huge positive for Mr. Barnes. Now they need to get him to take the next step, and that's okay. He will. He's going to get there. His rookie year. Rookie year. And he's doing this. I'm not worried about him. Will he do incredible things? Absolutely. We just need to foster it need to make it a little bit better. I can't wait to see where he goes. And he may be the saving grace, and I'm very excited about that. I can't wait to see how he manages to continue to have success and how the Raptors are able to utilize that. But this season is a positive from the Raptors' standpoint. They overachieved. They found Scotty Barnes. Terry Trent took huge steps. Pascal Siakam is getting into that star c- that category. And Freddie is Freddie. And by the way, anyone who thinks Nick Nurse is leaving, you're kidding, right? You're kidding. We're going to wrap this up. The long therapy session. I know we are already 26 minutes in. We've got two more teams to talk about. These two teams are playing right now and they're going to play all summer. So we still have fan- we still have sports here in Toronto fans. Don't worry. There's tons of it. The Jays and TFC though have been struggling as of late. There's no doubt about it. TFC not looking so hot. They have lost four games in a row. Four games. Not ideal. Definitely not ideal. But. There's hope. There's hope. I apologize. It's five games. I forgot about the New York City 5-4 loss. There is hope though for this team. And the reason hope is coming. Because reinforcements are coming. The star, the shining light that is supposed to be this TFC team isn't here yet. Lorenzo Insigne. Not here. That's why I'm not worried. We have so many injuries right now. We're playing guys that are supposed to be on TFC 2. TFC 2. And yet, we're in games. We're in most of these games. Look at the score lines. Last night, 1-0 to Orlando. 1-0. Game before, 1-0 to Vancouver. Which, by the way, should not have been 1-0. Jaden Nelson's goal should count. As the refs pointed out afterwards. So, he scores there. That game changes. That game's 1-0 at that point for TFC. Vancouver now has to push. Maybe they hold it out. The 2-0 game to Cincinnati? Not ideal. Couldn't be losing 2-0 to Cincinnati, but they won before at BMO Field, 2-1. Early red card screwed them. But they were 2-1. 2-1. And the New York City game, 5-4. The one-goal game. They need to shore up their defense. There's no doubt about that in my mind. I'm not trying to pretend like that's... Not an issue. But, there's signs of of life. The young guys are showing up. They're playing well. Is there need for more reinforcements? Of course. Insigne is going to come in. He'll help. And, we're still waiting on a wingback. To join the team. To really, really lock it down. But there's hope. We have hope, folks. But don't go worrying about it. They will come. They will come. As for the Blue Jays. How does a team... As good as they are. Not. How are they not able to hit with runners in scoring position? They have a league worst 187 batting average, which is actually up because of last night with runners in scoring position. Now, injuries suck. Teoscar Hernandez has missed time. Danny Jansen, who has been a revelation this year, by the way. First Blue Jays catcher to have three home runs in his first four games in over 20 years. Granted, his fourth game. Game yesterday. Because he played three, and then has been hurt. This team has the pieces to bat. No, no concern there. I'm not worried about that. Not at all. It'll come. I'm not worried. I know that sounds weird. Because it does. But I'm not worried because we know what these players are. We know who we have in this organization. And they're good. They're very, very good. The addition of Matt Chapman defensively has been fantastic. 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 We've had Kevin Gossman and Alec Manoa going out there every second or third day, depending on who goes first. And they are putting in incredible, incredible outings every single game. So I'm not worried. Would I like them to, oh, I don't know, Hit a little bit better? Yeah, absolutely. Would I like the rest of the rotation outside of Gossman and Manoa to be a little bit more consistent? Yes. By the way, Ross Stripling has done a fantastic job filling in in the fifth spot. He's looked very good. We know exactly what we're getting from him. Going to pitch four to five, maybe six innings if we're lucky. Give up one, two, maybe three runs. You're gonna move on. You're gonna move on. Get the bullpen in. Fine. It's totally okay. I'm okay with that. If he keeps doing that, I'm good. I'm fill in, Fill in starter right there. We don't have to worry about it. The concern right now is that the bats aren't going. That's true. Absolutely the concern right now is that the bats are not flying. Danny Jansen leads the team with a .556 average, but he's had nine plate appearances. Doesn't really count. Vladdy, 281. Very, very reasonable. Seven home runs. George Springer, seven home runs. Batting .280. Or, sorry, Santiago Espinal's batting .280. George Springer's batting .278. And then it falls off. Alejandro Kirk, 253. Bo Bichette, 241. Teoscar, 233. Uriel, 228. Raimel Tapia, who I know we weren't really expecting him to hit, but he's hitting 225. Jack Collins, who started out really, really hot. He's at 207 with three home runs still. Matt Chapman, 185. And don't even get me started on Bradley Zimmer. Don't get me started. The bats need to figure it out. But they will. I'm not worried about that. Everyone seems to be so concerned. I'm not worried about it. I don't know why I'm not worried about it. Because we said that they were dead last in the league with in batting average with runners in scoring position. But they're sixth in the league when hitting with the bases empty. And they are fifth in the league when hitting with a runner on first. So in certain situations, they are hitting very, very well. But as soon as you have a runner in scoring position, they forget what they're doing. Their, their approach changes, and that needs to be fixed. And I have faith that that will change. As you should, too. This is a good, good team. A lot of people picked them to be an American League favorite. Between them and the Yankees and the Astros. These were supposed to be the teams that were fighting for the American League pennant. Not the American League East title. Not a first round win. The American League pennant to represent the American League in the World Series. You don't throw that away for a month of not great hitting with runners in scoring position. This is a very, very good team. Yes, are they falling behind the Yankees right now in the division? Absolutely. The Yankees are the ho- one of the hottest teams in baseball. The only team who has a better record over their last 10 games than the Yankees is the Houston Astros, who have lost one game over their last 10. One. The Yankees are tied with the Chicago White Sox, the Los Angeles Angels, and the Arizona Diamondbacks at 7-3 and three over their last 10 games. The New York Yankees have scored 162 runs. 162 runs. The only team in the American League to score more runs than them is the Los Angeles Angels. We have 178, by the way. Congratulations, they figured out how to hit. They can just get some pitching. They could really, really compete. The Yankees have the second best run differential in the MLB. Trailing only the vaunted Los Angeles Dodgers, who have a plus 69 differential. The Yankees, by the way, are plus 65. So guess what? You might not catch the Yankees this year in the regular season, but regular season means nothing. All about getting to the postseason. I don't care if you finish first. I don't care if you finish second in a wildcard spot. Get to the postseason. Get there. Because once you're there, anything can happen. All you need to do is get there. But we'll see. I have faith in these teams. That'll do it for the therapy session, folks. Hopefully, that helped ease your mind a little bit. Hopefully, we got you off the ledge slightly. Because it sucks. It sucks when all of the teams that we want to cheer for aren't very good or are out. So I understand why people are frustrated. I understand. Don't give up. We're right there. There are very few cities that have four professional sports teams like this. With so many positives that we can take away. Very few. Let's focus on not focusing on the negative. Focus on not focusing. Look to the positive. Remember the negative. Don't forget it. It's there. It sucks, but it's there. Let's rewire our brains to think, yes, the negative is there, but our positives are good. Our positives are very good for these teams. Matthews, one of the best players in the league, up for the heart. That's a positive. Scotty Barnes won the Rookie of the Year. Vladdy was second in American League MVP voting last year. Second! A guy who pitches and hits second. There is positives. Focus on them. Remember them. And we will get through this summer. If you want to follow me? It's at Nick McVicker on Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget to follow the show at Garage Door Sports on Twitter and at Garage Door Sports Network on Instagram. Keep you posted. We'll try to help you through this tough summer, Toronto fans. We will try. Until next time, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll see you then.